Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. <laughs> this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit, saith the Lord. Tuned into the Tell It Like It Is radio broadcast. Good to have you tonight. You can be part of this program by texting me 
The uh, text number into the program is 701-290-7862. If you're listening, of course, in Dickinson, you know you're listening live. But if you're on Holy Ghost Radio, you're listening live tonight. And if you're on our website, kdix.net, you're listening live. And so we just want everybody to uh, text me, 701-290-7862. Let me know how you're listening. If you're outside of the country and you want to email me and be part of the program, robertsimons58 at gmail.com, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. I've got people texting me uh, from uh, Jake and Lydia from Pennsylvania. We've got people listening in Beulah. We've got the Lees listening in Dickinson. We have a girl listening in Frankfurt, Indiana tonight. And so there's just a bunch of people. Bunch of people. We've got uh, Lori listening in Dickinson. We've got um, several people texting me, and I haven't checked my emails yet, but we're glad. Uh, here again, uh, text me tonight. You can be part of the program. You can text questions to me. There may be some of those tonight. 701-290-7862. That's a good way to to uh, talk to me. I w- I'm not going to be taking any phone calls tonight. The um, had a great church service today in Dickinson. I always say Dickinson, North Dakota, because there are many of you listening online. Oh, man, my phone is going crazy. Wow, people texting from all over the place. Good to have all of you listening. I might get to those in the next break, but um, or next as I get to read them, I should say. I had a great church service. Uh, we had... Um, uh, new new people there and and some people I hadn't seen for a while there we uh, we were um, last week I wasn't on the air I, I was at a wedding in Louisiana one of the ministers from our church a young man got married down there so we flew down for that we are getting awful excited to move into our new church building that new church building is on Elks Drive right on Interstate 94 and you can. Uh, I'm not going to tell you exactly when our first service is yet because there's some things we have to, some painting we have to do and just a few things. There's not a lot of remodeling to that building to make a church out of it. And so we are excited. Our church is full. We're going to um, move over to this new church and clean our church up, put it up for sale. And that's going to be a hard thing for me because the church at 105 7th Avenue West, I've got a lot of memories in that church. We've been in that church for many, many, many years, we bought it from the Nazarene Church approximately 25 years ago, and um, it has served us well, and just a great, uh, just, I mean, so many people baptized in Jesus' name, so many people filled with the Holy Ghost, and, uh, oh, we've got Sky Whitmer listening today, wow, all the way from, from Minot, good to have her listening. Um but I better quit reading those. Now, tonight, I am going to talk about something that we believe that is probably the most controversial thing that we believe. Not controversial according to the Word of God. No, not controversial that way. But controversial in the American church concepts. And I... Some people wonder why I do things like this. You know, why would you go on the radio talking about this kind of thing when you could maybe turn people off from coming to your church? Well, I'll tell you right up, I don't have a thing to hide. I don't, that's not what I believe. I'm not going to surprise you. Like, you'll come to our church for six months, surprise! You know, we believe you have to stand on your head three hours a day to be saved. 
which I don't believe, but I, I mean, we're, we're not, that's not, I mean, I you know, what you hear on the tell like it is radio shows, what we believe it's taken right out of the book of acts. Uh, the early church is our model. That's what we believe. And so, but this thing that I'm going to talk about, this topic I'm going to talk about, I, I, I am challenging you to hear me through on this, to hear me, uh, because it's, it's a, we have a revival church. We're growing. Like I said, we're moving into a new building. But this thing that I'm going to talk about tonight has caused people to quit coming to our church, this thing that I teach over the years. I want to start in, and you say, well, what is it? I'll tell you. Just settle down. I mean, I, I said in church today at the end of the service, I said on my radio show tonight, I'm going to talk about the most controversial thing that I preach about that causes more people to wonder about us than any other thing. And so I've had people guessing all day, is it this, is it this? Well, I'll tell you, Mark sixteen seventeen is where I'm going to start. And then I'm going to turn to the book of Acts chapter 19. Jesus said in Mark sixteen seventeen, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. That's what I'm going to talk about, what that means. They shall speak with with new tongues. Acts chapter 19, verse 1, And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he did, and he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism, Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Tonight I am proposing to you that receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost is more, it's deeper, it's farther down the road than just believing. Because Paul asked these people, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, no, we haven't. Paul laid his hands on these sincere people that were seeking God, and when he did, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Receiving the Holy Ghost does not happen at the time that you believe. It could, but it doesn't necessarily happen. John chapter 7, Jesus said this, John 7 and 38, He that believeth on me as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spoke he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus' disciples did not have the Holy Ghost when Jesus, or the Holy Spirit, when Jesus was walking this earth. And so tonight we're going to talk about this. This is our this is our topic tonight. In some churches, because they don't receive this gift, because they don't know about this gift, because um, they they um, um, uh, don't seek after the gift of the Holy Spirit. They came up with a doctrine that it doesn't happen anymore. Uh, they have a theory that 
that it was done away with in the days of the apostles. And I think it's just because it's easier for them not to seek after God and to be complacent. Tonight, I want you to know that I'm more interested in people receiving the Holy Ghost than comforting people that haven't received the Holy Ghost. My message tonight in this radio show is you can have the Holy Ghost. It's God's will for you to have the Holy Ghost, and you can have the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit in the same way that they did on the day of Pentecost. It's for you, it's for your children, it's real, it's real, I know it's real. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862.
Hey everybody, I'm back. Pastor Bob here with the Tell It Like It Is radio program. Man, I cannot keep up with all these texts that I'm getting tonight, but we have people all over listening, people from Dickinson, Belfield listening. We've got people in Wapaton listening. We have the California Keeners listening. We've got the um, some Paulsons listening in Fargo. There's a connection there between Paulsons and Keeners. We've got um, we've got people at the Schulers listening in Grafton. Hostetlers in Pennsylvania. We've got Mary from Florida listening tonight and a bunch more that I just really can't read it all. But you can be part of this program by texting me 701-290-7862. Again, this is a live program. Hello, Brother Duran is listening. And uh, we should have this one podcasted, I think, because we've got Seth in here training in a new guy how to do this. I, I started out the broadcast by saying probably the most controversial thing that I preach is that to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that the initial evidence is to speak in other tongues. And this teaching has caused many people to uh, to really, really marvel and question and, and so on. Because it's, and I'm going to hope to get to it, because there is a, a extreme misunderstanding of Paul's teaching on the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I want to get to that. I really do want to get to it, and I think I will. But there is a difference between simple belief in Jesus and repentance and baptism, and also that there is a difference between that and receiving God's Spirit in your life. And you can have, you can receive God's Spirit. You can have it. Paul didn't build his ministry just on uh, the Word of God only, but the Bible said he built it on the Word of God and power. First Corinthians 2 is just, in verse 4, is one of the places. Paul said, my speech was and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Paul made a big deal out of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, all through his writings. For instance, he told Timothy in 2 Timothy 1, in verse 6, Wherever I put thee in remembrance, that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. So Paul was reminding Timothy about this gift of God that was imparted to Timothy when Paul prayed for him. Uh, the, the speaking in tongues is referenced in Jude 20 when he says, but, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And so, tonight, um, this, uh, and here again, I want to, I want to get to the, I'm going to get to the scriptures in 1 Corinthians, because there's scripture in 1 Corinthians that seems to suggest that all believers do not speak with other tongues. And I want to get to that tonight, because that's probably one of the more misunderstood verses, I think, in the scripture. Now, this this um, 
this concept that the initial evidence of receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit will be speaking in other tongues is found all through the Scripture. We find it, in, or all through the book of Acts, I should say. We find it in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. It says in Acts chapter 2, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Uh, what's interesting about that verse is the Apostle Peter, in Acts chapter 10, was preaching to a family of people named Cornelius. And these the, Cornelius and his family and his friends were all gathered together to hear Peter preach. Uh, the interesting thing was Cornelius was a non-Jew. And because he was a non-Jew, the Jews, like Peter and his friends that were with him, didn't know that the non-Jews or the Gentiles could receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so, and so uh, Peter was preaching to these non-Jewish people, Cornelius and his family in Acts chapter 10. And in verse 44, it says, While Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit, fell on all them which heard the word, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter. The Jews that came with Peter were astonished, because that on the Gentiles, or the non-Jews, was also poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, pay attention to this, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, and then they asked him to stay for a few days. Now, what's interesting about this verse in Acts chapter 10 is Peter was somewhat in trouble with the other apostles because he went to a Gentile's house. And so in Acts chapter 11, Peter, defending himself in verse 15, said this, And as I begin to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you should be baptized with the Holy Ghost. For as much then as God gave them the like gift as he did unto us, who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I that I could withstand God? And when they heard these things, these other Jews, the other apostles, they held their peace, glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. These, these, uh, these verses, I want you to notice very carefully, Peter said, they received the gift of the Holy Spirit just like we did at the beginning. And what I'm proposing today to you, and I know, I know people listening on Holy Ghost Radio are all in agreement with this, but this is revolutionary stuff, that when you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, that you'll speak with other tongues, just like they did on the day of Pentecost. Just like they did in Acts chapter 10. Just like they did in Acts chapter 19. Those are three verses I've read so far. You'll receive, in Acts chapter 19, uh, these men were asked, the opening scripture, if you're just tuning in, Paul said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you became believers? And they said, we don't know what you're talking about. And Paul asked them a couple more questions. He, uh, they were rebaptized in the name of Jesus, and Paul laid his hands on them, and they spoke with other tongues. And so, 
tonight we are uh, this this uh, teaching that I'm talking about about the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the original way that Christians believe the Holy Spirit. Not only on the day of Pentecost, but even after that. Now, there is a um, there is a uh, some verses that I want to take you to tonight that prove this. I think beyond a shadow of a doubt, even though these verses don't mention speaking in tongues, and it's in the book of Acts, chapter eight. And I want to just get into this. I want to make sure I get into this. If you're if you're uh, out there listening, I'm not really looking at my phone. I've got um, people. Um, the um, I, I've got people um, listening tonight. And um, if you're thinking that I'm not going to get to First Corinthians 12 because I'm afraid of it, uh, you're wrong. Because First Corinthians 12, I believe, is misunderstood by many people. It's talking about the gifts of the Spirit, not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But but anyway, we'll get to that. But in Acts chapter 8, we read about Philip, in verse 5, going to the city of Samaria. This man named Philip, he's not one of the original apostles, but he's a, he's a uh, this is the Philip the deacon. This I don't believe this is Philip the apostle or the disciple Philip, but he went to he went to uh, Acts in Acts chapter eight. It says then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them, and the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did, for unclean spirits crying with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies that were lame were healed, and there was great joy in the city. And then in verse 12 it says, But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God, notice they believed, and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. And then there was a man that was named Simon in verse 13. He was baptized also. Simon had been a sorcerer, kind of a famous guy in Samaria. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now I want to just stop there for a minute, that in Acts chapter 8, the entire city was touched. This In this entire city... Uh, I'm going to call this a Baptist revival. I mean, this city believed, and they were baptized. And they were baptized in the name of Jesus. So if you're a Baptist, you better be baptized. You better baptize in the name of Jesus. Boy, I just got myself in hot water. The, um, but notice this, uh, this, this revival, these people believe. We're, you that are listening to me tonight, I'm going to ask you a question. In Acts chapter 8, all the way up to 13, would you say that these people had been filled with the Holy Spirit? It said that they were, they believed, they were baptized, there was great joy in the city. The city itself had been impacted by the gospel. Most people, if they don't know the rest of the story, would believe that all of these people had received the Holy Spirit. But in Acts chapter 8 and verse 14, and I hope you're paying attention. I hope this uh, you're following. It would be better if you even just had your Bible out. It says, Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, 
they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Ghost. That's verse 15. Verse 16 says, For as yet he was fallen, the Holy Ghost, was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Okay, nobody in this town of Samaria that Philip was preaching in, nobody had received the gift of the Holy Spirit yet. They believed and they were baptized. My question to you tonight is how did Philip know that none of them had received it? How did he know? How did Philip know that nobody had... Why did Philip call down the elders to pray for these people? And how judgmental of Philip to say, hey, uh, nobody's received the Holy Ghost here yet. Nobody's received the Holy Spirit here yet. Acts chapter 8 is one of the greatest scriptures to back up what I'm talking about tonight. When you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit in your life, not only will you know, but those around you would know, and those that were looking on would know. Because Simon the sorcerer, uh, we're going to get into this here in just a little bit, but but he, uh, no, they had not received it. Philip knew. I mean, did an angel tell him? It doesn't say that. But he knew that they had not received the Holy Spirit yet. Let me keep reading. And it said, so when Peter and John came down, they, they might, verse 15, I'll read it again. He prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, Peter and John did, all these people, and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon the sorcerer saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power that on whosoever I lay hands on he may receive the Holy Ghost. I, I want to just talk about this for a little bit. Uh, I, want, I want to talk about it. If you are a literal Bible believer tonight, you have to admit that something is fishy going on here if you don't believe. Like if you believe you receive the Holy Ghost when you say the sinner's prayer, or if you believe you receive the Holy Spirit, and I'm using Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit interchangeably tonight because they're the same thing. But if you believe that you receive the Holy Spirit when, when you, when you uh, were confirmed, like many people in Dickinson believe, that's not the Holy Spirit the Bible talks about. Because the Holy Spirit the Bible talks about is a, is a gift that God gives that, that others around you would know that you receive it. If you believe you've received the Holy Spirit tonight, here's my question to you. How do you know that you've received the Holy Spirit? How, how do you know? You just feel good on the inside? How do you know? You say, my life's been changed? How do you know? All these people in Acts chapter 8, their lives had been changed, they'd been baptized, they believed, <clears throat> the city was turned upside down. This revival was not complete yet. There was something more. And I want to just, I want to spend some time here. Like, what did Simon the sorcerer see that he offered Peter and John money saying, I want this gift 
that whoever I lay hands on receives the Holy Spirit. What did he see? Did he see people saying the sinner's prayer? Did he see people crying? I believe he saw way more than that. I believe he saw what happened on the day of Pentecost happen in Samaria all over again. That's what I believe. And I believe that I'm very much in the book to believe that. Now, here's the questions that I have on this Acts chapter 8. Why didn't these people receive the Holy Spirit when Philip prayed for them? Did you ever wonder that, Seth? Like Philip, was a, he was a man of God. Why didn't they? Well, I, you know, I know what every, you know, I've read all the different reasonings, and I, 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 I just don't know. But let me tell you this. Here's something I know that I think that it has something to do with the people that are praying for you. I believe that. I believe that to receive the Holy Spirit in most cases, people full of the Holy Spirit should be praying with you. I believe that. I, I believe that, um, and I believe, now here, okay, all the, all the local Dickinson people, you can just pretend like you're not listening for a minute, but I believe sometimes the reason don't people don't receive the Holy Spirit is possibly we're not full of the Holy Spirit praying for them. Like, like when people come to our church seeking the Holy Spirit and they're honest and sincere and truly repented, I think they should receive it. I don't think it should be a struggle. But it is a struggle sometimes. It's like we're trying to break through something or something. And my dream as a pastor in Dickinson, this area, I want to see the day of Pentecost all over here. I want it to be where people just walk into our church and receive the Holy Spirit. Just by now, not everybody's going to receive the Holy Spirit. You've got to repent first. You you can't be, you know, living in sin and just think you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. You've got to come to God. You've got to ask Him for forgiveness and and start that way. But I think my personal feeling is that there are people that don't receive the Holy Spirit because they're not in the right environment. Like have you know you listening to me tonight and you go to a you know, Methodist church, Nazarene church, Catholic church, Lutheran church. Have you ever seen anyone receive the Holy Spirit in one of your church services? That's my question. I mean, I, I'm not trying to be rude and crude and mean because I I have a great deal of respect for the people in Dickinson, North Dakota of all kinds of faiths. I, I really do. I, I, I've met fine people here that, that are not Pentecostals. But my question to you, at the Catholic Mass, have you ever seen anyone stand up and begin to speak in another tongue as the Spirit gave the utterance? At your Lutheran service, have you ever seen it? At your Methodist service, have you ever seen it? At your Nazarene service, have you ever seen it? Why haven't you seen it? Because it's not promoted, it's not believed, it's not, it's not um, encouraged. Maybe. Is that why? Maybe you're so rooted in your traditional uh, way of doing things. Maybe you have a program that maybe there's no room in your program for God. Maybe there's no room in your program for the Holy Spirit to move. I don't know. But I'm telling you, this kind of thing happens regularly in a Pentecostal church, but not regularly enough as far as I'm concerned. I want to see it more. I want to see it more. People that are hungry for God, you've repented of your sins. Maybe you've even been baptized in the name of Jesus. 
you are a candidate to receive the Holy Spirit. How did, here again, I'm going to go over it one more time. I'm going to, I'm going to break to a song here and I read my texts, but how did Philip know that none of them had received the Holy Spirit yet in Acts chapter 8? How did Peter and John know that none of them had received the gift of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 8? How did they know they did receive it after they prayed them and they prayed for them in Acts chapter 8? I mean, what happened? And how did Simon the sorcerer know? Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. Good evening, everyone. This is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast here tonight with Pastor Bob Simons. We're from the New Life 
Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson. If you want to get involved with the program tonight, feel free to give us a call in studio, 701-225-5133, or you can text us tonight at 701-290-7862. Again, text us. Let us know where you're listening from. We enjoy that. 701-290-7862. If you're out of country, email us, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. Just, uh, boy, I'm getting a lot of good texts here. People have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. They're backing me up. I haven't got any arguers yet, I, but I do hope people that don't believe this are listening too. Uh, just want to just make a little plug before we get into 1 Corinthians. Uh, don't forget, soon and very soon, the uh, Pentecostals are moving from 105 7th Avenue West to Elks Drive, right up on the interstate. And... Um, not a lot of remodeling to do, but we're doing some painting and just um, trying to get the building. The Elks, I'll tell you, I don't know if any of them are listening tonight, but they have been so, so good to work with. I mean, this is uh, just just everything that we've asked for. They've been so helpful and uh, just couldn't ask for a better group of people to work with. And, and um, they've turned the 18,000-square-foot top half of the Elks building over to us. And the carpets are being cleaned right now, and the floors are being professionally cleaned right now, and and uh, we're going to be bringing you know some of our painting crew people in, and we're just going to uh, then then of course the giant job of moving everything, ordering the chairs and all those things for the sanctuary. But but uh, we're excited about it. I'm not going to give you a date when we're going to have our first service because I don't want to cause any confusion right now till you hear any different. Church is at 105 7th Avenue West, and it will be just like it always is, Wednesday night, 7.30, Sunday mornings at 10. Uh, I want to say hello, uh, all the people communicating with me tonight. Uh, thank you so much. Hello to my good friend Stormy, listening in the Philippines tonight. I haven't heard from him for a while. Uh, he had me worried there for a while. Hope he's doing okay. But I'm glad that uh, he's listening. He wants us to send a van over to pick him up. He wants... I think he wants Seth to drive that van, but I think that's not that's not logistically possible from the Philippines. It's going to have to be some kind of transporter machine or something. Okay, now tonight, if you're just tuning in, I hope you're not because I've I've tried to cover some things and, uh, to to show you that we are scriptural to believe that to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the initial evidence is to speak with other tongues. Now I'm going to take you to the to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 tonight, and I'm going to start in verse 4. Paul is teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. Remember, what we've been talking about up to this point is not the gifts of the Spirit. We're talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so that's important to know that because in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Let me just start reading it. Verse 4, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are diversities of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse or different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, But all these things worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. 
For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit, verse 13, are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, whether we've been made to drink into one, we have been made all to drink into one spirit. Now, just let me stop there in verse 13. I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 4 through 13. Paul is teaching the Corinthians about the gifts of the spirit. The gifts of the spirit, these nine gifts that he mentions there, he says that not everybody has all those gifts. Not everybody does. And so then, if I skip down to verse 27, and, and verses 13 through 27, Paul, I'm not going to read all that, but Paul's just making his point there, that there's different parts of the body. They're all important. But in verse 27, he said, Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. And this is what he said in verse 29. Are all prophets? Are all, or are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? When Paul is asking these questions, the answer that is unsaid there is, no, of course not. Not all people have the gift of working miracles. Not all people are apostles. Not all people are prophets. Not all people have the gifts of healing and operation in their life. But the speaking in tongues in verse 30 is talking about one of the nine gifts of the Spirit. Do all speak with other tongues? And the answer, Paul would say, no, they don't. They don't all have the gift of tongues. These gifts, these nine gifts, are gifts that are in operation in the church of God. They should be, and if they're not, they, they in your church, they really need to be. But this is not talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit that they all received on the day of Pentecost. This, this, um, and I, and I can prove this to you because on the day of Pentecost, the Bible said they were all filled with the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. You see, on the day of Pentecost, they did not all receive the gift of tongues, which is a gift that is meant to be interpreted in the church, but they spoke with tongues as a sign that they receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, this this um, um, uh, this this uh, I would say this misinformation of trying to make one of the gifts of the Spirit uh, into the 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 initial evidence of receiving the Holy Spirit. That's that's misinformation. That's uh, Paul's teaching here has been misunderstood. Now. I will tell you this, that there are many groups that believe what we believe. Uh, but they believe in a little different than we do. We believe that it's essential that you need to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But 
when I say that, I want to come across this way on this broadcast a little different than that. I want to say that why don't you want the gift of the Holy Spirit if it's for you? Here's my question tonight. If God has something more for you than you've already received, are you interested? If the answer is no, you can shut the radio show off right now. Because it doesn't matter what I say. I mean, if you're happy with your infant baptism and the religion that mom and dad and grandma and grandpa and great-grandma and grandpa had, if you're happy with that, and you're not interested in anything more from God, um, you know, maybe tune in at a later date. You know, maybe when you're interested. But I'm telling you that God has got more for you. When people get mad at me because I preach this baptism of the Holy Spirit stuff, I look at them and I always say, if God has more for you, aren't you interested? I am. I'm interested. You know, there was a, there was a, uh, there's been preachers, uh, there's been churches that are so dead against speaking in tongues that they twist the scripture and, and they don't, uh, they, they basically forbid it. They're, I mean, this is kind of weird, but the church building that we are in right now, the reason we are in that church building, one of the reasons, is because in the Nazarene church many years ago, a young man received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in this church in Dickinson at 105 7th Avenue West. And the pastor said, that's not of God, because that goes against the teaching of that church. And that family left that church, and that church went down to a very small congregation. And because of that, we were able to buy that building. I think it's very ironic. I think it, it's extremely ironic that the people that bought that building are people that believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, my, have you received the Holy Spirit since you became a believer? And if you answer that question, yes. My next question is, how do you know that? Seth's going to give out a little information about how you can come visit our church and be prayed for to receive the Holy Spirit. Go ahead and do that. Amen. All right. If you want to hear some more of this good teaching and preaching, you're also invited. We are from the New Life Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson. We're located uh, currently, we're at 105 7th Avenue West, soon to be on Elks Drive. The uh, former Elks building will be our new location here coming up very, very soon, a couple next few weeks here, maybe a month or so. Um, uh, New Life Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson. Our phone number is 701-264-7862. If you need a ride, give us a call there, 701-264-7862, or email us at robertsimons58 at gmail.com. Also, this is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast. Um, we are on every Sunday night from 806 um, to 906 Mountain Time. You can call us with any questions or comments, or if you just want to let us know you're listening or where you're listening from, we really appreciate that. You can call us in studio 701-225-5133, or you can text us uh, anytime 701-290-7862. Again, 701-290-7862, or email us if you're out of country. We get those as well. robertsimons58 at gmail.com would be the email for that. Again, this is Tell Like It Is radio broadcast. Somebody, somebody texted me and said, who is this guy that's in training? And um, I didn't mention his name, but it's it's the famous singer. 
uh, Abe Simons. He's uh, in training here. He's Seth came into the studio. Seth came out of retirement to, to do a radio show to kind of teach Abe how to do this. And um, Abe is one of he's my oldest uh, grandson. And um, in the future, he'll he'll be running the controls. Uh, Brother Seth is moving to Bowman to start a church, and uh, this spring. And then um, we've got a church. Did you mention the church in Beach, too? I don't know. I, I, we've got a service in Beach on Tuesday. We're starting a church in Beach, and the man that will be the pastor of that church just got married. So that it's going to be a great help to him and to all those people. God wants, you know, two things. The Holy Spirit, like the Bible teaches, is for you today. And number two, you Pentecostals that are listening to me, we have to make the church our lives our services conducive to the Spirit of God falling. I I will tell you, some of it is too forced, and I don't want to say too much about that, but some of it, I think, I really do think when God is in the house, hungry people will come and be filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe that. I don't think some of the struggle that we see is necessarily always the fault of those that are struggling. I think we could help them a lot. There needs to be real repentance. There needs to be real seeking, real soul searching, real desire. But I also believe that there needs to be people like Peter and John there. I believe that. Uh, the day of Pentecost, they they received it. Uh, but just remember this, that was the initial time they received it. I believe after that you'll find out that people received the Holy Spirit when other people prayed with them. I believe the Apostle Paul received it when Ananias prayed for him. I believe, uh, you know, that this is the order God has given through the laying on of hands. I'm going to finish with Luke chapter 11. I've got Gunner from Harvey texting me. He wants us to play Tell It Like It Is. I don't know, I don't know, Gunner, if that's going to fit in exactly what I'm doing tonight. So we might have to do that next week. I'll keep you listening. Maybe to remind somebody to remind me next week to play Tell It Like It Is. That's kind of where we got the name for this show, that song. But in Luke 11 and 8, Jesus said, I say, unto you, though, I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is a friend. Jesus is telling this story about, about persistence. Yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. Now let me, I, maybe I shouldn't have read that verse because I probably mixed you up. But verse 9, Jesus said, ask, it shall be given you. Seek, you shall find. Knock, it shall be opened unto you. Every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If any man shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more Shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? You know what? It starts out by asking God. You know, um, one of the, one of the uh, neatest stories, I remember it because it was the very first camp meeting my wife and I ever went to. It's the camp meeting that we both received the Holy Spirit at. And I'm not going to just tell you how that happened because I, I didn't allow myself enough time. But at this camp meeting, the, the, one of the preachers there was talking about people receiving the Holy Spirit. And he told about in the city that he lived, he went out door knocking to try to meet people to go to church. 
And he knocked on this door, and this lady answered the door. And she said something to him. She said, do you believe in receiving the Holy Spirit like they did in the Bible? And this man said, yes, I do. She said, I've wanted that. I want that. And so he started reading in Acts chapter 10 about the story of Cornelius that I read earlier. And while Peter, the Bible said Peter was preaching, and while he was preaching, the Holy Spirit fell on the listeners there. And when this man read that story to this lady, he got to that part that said, while, uh, while she, while they heard, you know, when they heard these words, or, or while Pe- Peter was yet speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on them that heard him. And when he read that, she started speaking in tongues. Just like it did in Acts chapter 10. You see, God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I want to be part of that. Like I said, I'm not, tonight I'm not interested in uh, trying to make you feel better that you haven't received the Holy Spirit yet. That's not my purpose tonight. My purpose is to encourage you. God has got more. He's got, if you have not received the Holy Spirit, you can. God wants you to have it. It's his desire that you have it. You know, um, the, the, uh, there's a song in our songbook, Spirit of the Living God, Fall Fresh on Me. That's, that's my desire tonight. You know, you know, God, if this Holy Spirit is really true, I want it. You know, if you're going to a church that doesn't believe in it, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I mean, I know what to say. I don't want to say it. Um, just because, you know, I, well, maybe I've already made you so mad. I wouldn't go to a church that doesn't promote the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because it's for us. That that's like uh that's like going on a cruise ship that doesn't won't won't feed you. You know, that's like um you know, it's like coming to a gas station that doesn't sell gas. I mean it's like you know, this you know, why would we go to a church that doesn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit? If the baptism of the Holy Spirit doesn't happen at your church, why isn't it happening? Because it still happens today. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, after they received the Holy Spirit, and Jesus or Peter said, he, he was telling the people that were listening to him preach, he said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So Peter, this gift of the Holy Ghost, they got in Acts chapter 2 and 4, right, Seth? That's the gift of the Holy Ghost Peter was talking about in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. It's the same gift. And then Peter said, he said, let me, let me say it again, Acts 2 and 38. Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you, to your children, and to those that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So some of you that believe that this gift died out with the apostles, Acts chapter 2 and verse 39 will tell you that it didn't. You know, there, I was, um, oh man, I'm out of time. Well, this is the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Yeah, I got a couple minutes. I could I could cut Krista's song a little bit. After I came home from the camp meeting many years ago where my wife and I received the gift of the Holy Spirit, there were two Jehovah Witnesses doing their visitation. 
and they came up to me. I was working on my car in my driveway, and I thought I didn't know much about a lot of the differences in religions back then, so I thought they'd be excited for me. And I told them, hey, you guys, God just gave me the Holy Ghost at a camp this week. And one of those Jehovah Witness witnesses said, well, God doesn't do that anymore. And I looked at this guy and I said something like this. I said, you're telling me that there's no fish in the fishing hole. And I just got caught a bunch of fish at the fishing hole. And you're saying there's no fish in the fishing hole. I said, I just got it. Don't tell me God doesn't do it anymore. And they said, we actually have to go visit somebody else, somebody else's houses right now. But there, I'm not just picking on the Jehovah Witnesses. I, I've got friends that are Jehovah Witnesses. But I'm telling you, there's entire groups of churches that don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, but this teaching that I teach and that the Bible teaches is very not always very popular. Well, thank you so much for listening. Um, I may not answer all these texts, but I got a lot of them. And I might I might answer some of these after I get off the air. I appreciate so much that you are listening tonight, uh, all over Dickinson, all over this area, and all over the uh, country, really. And then even in the Philippines, I got the one text. Um, tune in next week for another Tell It Like It Is radio show, 806 Mountain Time. God bless. And any more questions on this, come and find me.
Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.